If you have your Bibles tonight, if you will, turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7. I'm going to silence my phone. Got too much going on. All right. Okay. We're going to pick up, we're going to read uh, verses 12. Second Chronicles chapter 7, excuse me. Second Chronicles chapter 7. We're going to b- read verses 12 through 22. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer. And have chosen this place to myself and house for sacrifice, of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attent unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house, that by my name, that my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. And as for thee, if thou wilt walk before me, as David thy father walked, and do according to all that I have commanded thee, and shalt observe my statutes and my judgments, then will I establish the throne of thy kingdom, according as I have covenanted with David, thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man to be ruler in Israel. But if ye turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and shall go and serve other gods and worship them, then will I pluck them up by the roots of my land, which I have given them. And this house, which I have sanctified for my name, will I cast out of my sight and will make it to be a proverb and a byword among all nations. And this house, which is high, shall be an astonishment to everyone that passes it by, by it, so that he shall say, Why hath the Lord done thus unto this land and unto this house? And it shall be answered, Because they forsook the Lord, God of their fathers, which brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, and laid hold on other gods, and worshipped them, and served them. Therefore hath he brought all this evil upon them. Amen. All right. It's kind of a hard, I don't know, it's a hard-nosed sermon tonight, I think, but this particular passage, after the feast of the dedication of the temple that Solomon had built for the Lord, this beautiful temple, the Lord spoke to Solomon. Much like God has spoken to the patriarchs before, God told Abraham to walk before me and be thou perfect. And he made covenants like he made covenants with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Just as God had commanded and led Moses and the Hebrew people out of captivity in Egypt and told them to walk according to his ways, and he would bless them, the Lord is now telling Solomon in this passage the same thing. You pay attention to verses 17 and 18. It says, And as for thee, if thou wilt walk before me, as David thy father walked and do according to all that I have commanded thee, and shalt observe my statutes and my judgments, Then will I establish the throne of thy kingdom according as I have covenanted with David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man to be a ruler in Israel. The Lord will bless your nation and your kingdom if you follow his statutes. What he's telling Solomon here is the Lord's going to bless Israel if you follow my statutes, if you keep my commandments. 
the Lord's telling Solomon and all the Jewish people, keep my commandments. And that's actually the title to my message tonight, keep my commandments. He's saying, walk as I instruct you and be blessed. And what an easy task that actually is. All he's asking is do what I ask you to do. Do what I tell you to do and be blessed. What an easy way to live and a great life to have, if only. But I look at what the Lord says immediately after that. If you look at 19 and 20, he says, but if you turn away. But if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and shall go and serve other gods and worship them, then will I pluck them up by the roots of my land, which I have given them. And this house, which I have sanctified for my name, will I cast out of my sight, and will make it to be a proverb and a byword among all nations. Of course, we know how the rest of the story goes, as, as uh, Paul Harvey used to say. The Israelites, they stray over time. And under the leadership of wicked kings, the kingdom's divided, the land's overrun, and the temple's destroyed, then God helps them, calls them back, restores them. They rebuild over time, and then over time they stray again. And just as Jesus prophesied, the second temple is destroyed and the people are scattered again. The Lord has given his people today the same words of wisdom to follow and live by. Yet we as a whole continue to do as the Israelites did, not individually, but as a whole. We continue to do exactly what the Israelites did. America itself has gone the way of the Israelites of yesterday. The Bible says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his inheritance. That's Psalm thirty-three, twelve. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. This nation was established, one nation under God. And we said it was indivisible. But we are divided today as we've ever been. More divided today than we've ever been. Not by land or physical barriers, but by our ways. We've gone the way of strangers and have worshipped strange gods, just like the Israelites did. Everything from sports to entertainment, alcohol, drugs, education system. The love of money, material things, they've all taken the place of God in our lives. Even Christians who praise God tend to put other things before God. And the Lord says, keep my commandments. That's all you have to do. It's pretty easy. The statement's not a suggestion. It too, in, of its, in and of itself, is a commandment. He gives us a commandment to keep his commandments. And it's the first one that's broken on a daily basis. Yet it is how the Lord says he knows that we love him. If you look at John 14, you don't have to, I'm going to go through a lot of scriptures. You don't have to turn there. Jesus says in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. John tells us, by this we know that we love the children of we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. That's 1 John 5 2. I'll read that again because I kind of stuttered over it. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. 1 John 5 2. Let me ask you, do you want to abide in the love of the Lord? 
I want to abide in the love of the Lord. The easy way to abide in the love of the Lord is to keep his commandments. Because that's what he tells us. John 15.10 says, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And we know Jesus kept every commandment that the Father gave Jesus. Unto the cross. The greatest gift. Even imaginable. I can't even think think of the pain and agony that went with that. And knowing as he walked this earth that that was going to be the end result of his human life. And he did it anyway. That's how much he loved us. And all he says is keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep them. And he tells you to keep them. Just as the Lord told King Solomon in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, he tells us through his word in the Holy Bible every day that we, if we just read it and study it, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. And you might be thinking or asking yourself, which one should I keep? Or how many commandments are there? And, and what do I do if I break one? And the Bible answers every one of those questions. Every one of them. And I've gone over this before, but there are 613 commandments in the the Bible. Old Testament commandments. I'm not talking about the New Testament. Old Testament commandments. 613. Throughout all the books of the law penned by Moses. Many of them pertain directly to the culture of the Israelites, the Hebrew people, and how they lived amongst themselves. Um... But so rather than go through all 613, we'll just look at the famous 10. Ten commandments that were given to us by God through Moses on Mount Sinai. This is found in Exodus chapter 20. If you want to turn there, Exodus chapter 20. Microphone's in the way, DJ. All right, so in Exodus chapter 20, we get the Ten Commandments. And uh, we're actually going to look at verses 3 through 17, because that's the, the actual Ten Commandments, the famous Ten Commandments. And the first commandment, we pick up in verse, uh, in verse 3, Exodus 23, says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Right off the bat, we've broken that one, haven't we? It's the one we just talked about, having... All these things that we put before God. And people were like, well, I, don't, I love God. I don't put any gods before me. But yet, you'll miss church for, uh, to go fishing. Or you'll miss church for a sporting event. You'll miss church for um, anything that you want to do. And I remember a pastor saying, um, and I probably heard many pastors say this, but I think it was Adrian Rogers who said, we, we make time for things we love. And all God's asking us to do is, not to have any other gods before him. Keep my commandments. Love me. The second commandments. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. And it goes on. Or any likeness of anything that is in heaven. Above or that is in the earth beneath. Or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them. Nor serve them. For I the Lord thy God. Listen to this. For all you people. Who say God's a God of love. He would never do this. And he would never do that. Listen, listen to what he says. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, upon the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Now we know, as you get into the book of Ezekiel, um, I forget exactly what chapter it is, but in the book of Ezekiel, we know that God tells them, no more am I going to put 
the sins of the fathers on their children. Everyone will answer for their own sins. We know that. But here we're seeing God lay down the law and tell them this is what's going to happen. And he says, I am a jealous God. But you as an individual, you're going to answer for what you do. And he goes on, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. And how many times do I hear his name taken in vain every day? You turn the television on. Just a regular TV channel, not even cable, not even, not even a paid channel, just a regular channel after 8 o'clock at night. And it might, it might even be before 8 o'clock at night now, but you'll hear his name taken in vain along with other filth. You can't even watch a commercial anymore. So we know that one's broken. And it goes on. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do no, not do any work, thou nor thy son nor thy daughter, thy manservant, thy maidservant, nor the cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth to see in all, the, all of them in it, excuse me, all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and, and hallowed it. And like I said, we'll miss church even though we're told not to. We're told do not forsake the gathering of ourselves, the assembly of ourselves as the manner of some is. But we ignore that. And I'm not saying if you're if you're away on business or if you took a family vacation somewhere like but if you're home and you don't come to church, what are you doing? And before anybody says, Well, I can have church at home, yeah, you can, if you assemble together. Because that's what it says, assemble. The church, people are saying that well, the church is the body of Christ. Now the body of the Christ is the body of Christ. The church is a building where you assemble. We call ourselves the church, but we are the body of the Christ. We are the bride of Christ. The church is where you assemble. There's a study on that. You can look at the strongest concordance on the word church. So, yeah, we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. And then it goes on to say in the Ten Commandments, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Is the first commandment with promise. You honor your mother and your father, you'll have long life. But I see so many people just mistreat their parents. They get to a certain age and they just pawn them off on uh, somebody or something. And I'm not saying in some cases, yes, they need round-the-clock care, but not in all cases. Then it goes on to say, thou shalt not kill. And the word kill here, according to Strong's coordinates, the Hebrew word herig is translated to kill, that's the Hebrew word herig, which actually means to destroy out of hand or murder. The primitive root is to smite with deadly intent to destroy out of hand, kill or murder or murderer. So we're not just talking about killing for the sake of eating, hunting, or defense. We're talking about murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Jesus says, if you thought about it, you've done it. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And thou shalt not covet. 
not his neighbor's house, nor covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is his neighbor's. How many times do we go out and buy something because our neighbor has it? We get ourselves further in debt, but why shouldn't we covet something? Because then you start wanting it so bad that you're willing to do anything you can to get it. You may lie, you may cheat, you may steal. We shouldn't do any of these. Let me ask you a question. How many of these have we broken? All right. We could say every one if we consider the, the, the thoughts that Jesus said, as he said, if you thought it, talking about adultery, then it's as if you committed it. It's not saying you should go do it because you thought it. You shouldn't do that. But if you thought it, it's still a sin. It's still a sin. So if you thought about adultery, it's a sin. If you thought about killing somebody, it's a sin. If you thought about lying, did you think about lying? Have you devised a plan in your head before to get out of trouble? Have you stolen something? Piece of gum. Something, something. Have you lied against your neighbor? Have you bared false witness? There were stiff punishments back in the day, back in the Old Testament for these things. Listen to this. Matthew 5.28 says this. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after, to lust after her hath committed adultery with her, adultery with her already in his heart. You might be thinking it's completely hopeless for me because... Um, of course, I've thought a lot about bad things. I've done bad things in my head. So there's no hope. I'm a total loss, and I'm bound for hell. But it doesn't mean that at all. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that you need Jesus. You need Jesus just as much as the next guy needs Jesus or the next woman needs Jesus. He's the only one that can save you from your sins, the only one that can redeem you. Romans 10.13 is clear. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever, we talked about this, we talk about it almost every Sunday because it's important. Whosoever. So just because you've done bad things and you've wallowed in filth doesn't mean that you're too far gone that Jesus can't save you. Jesus will save anyone. All you got to do is call upon him and believe in your heart. But just because you get saved, that doesn't mean you're free to break the commandments. It means you're free from the bondage of sin. You're free from breaking them. Jesus himself said he did not come to destroy the law, but to fill it. If you look at Matthew 5, 17, it says, Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. He didn't take any of the laws away. He fulfilled the laws in the pro of the prophets. So how do we keep the law in Christ Jesus? How do we do that? Well, just as Jesus said, uh, he did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. He also gives us a better understanding of what we are to do once we are saved. When the lawyer asked Jesus, which was the great commandment of the law, this is in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The first and great commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
And the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as thyself. So we've gone from 613 commandments down to 10 that we can look at. And then Jesus breaks it down to two. Makes it very simple for you. If you love the Lord thy God with everything you are, you'll seek to do his will. You'll do things that are pleasing to God. You'll want to bring him praise, honor, and glory. You won't put other idols and gods before him. You won't make any graven images to bow down to. You'll honor your parents. You'll, you won't commit murder. You won't commit adultery. You won't steal. You won't bear false witness. And you won't covet what your neighbor has. Why? Because those things do not bring honor, praise, and glory to God. They take away from him. So two. You don't have to think about 613. You only have to think about 10. You have to think about two. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. If you love the Lord thy God with everything you are, you'll be content with everything you have. You'll be content in every circumstance because you know that he is with you. And you know that he is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Likewise, if you're loving your neighbor as yourself, who then will you be at odds with? You don't have to like someone or what someone does or condone what they do in order to love them. But if they need something, you offer to help them. If you see they need something, go help them. If they're in need, not if they're in want, if they're in need, then help them. Give them a hand. Love them. What a wonderful world we would have if everyone just did these two commandments. Just two. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, and all thy soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. If everybody did those two, we wouldn't have war. We wouldn't have arguments. wouldn't have thievery. We wouldn't have crime. Because we would be seeking to please God. And we will be loving each other the way we love ourselves. But just as he stated to Solomon, if you don't keep my commandments, if you don't keep my commandments, there are consequences. And we face consequences today. We face them as individuals and we face them as people, as a people. That's right, as a nation. God has blessed us. He's blessed us and he's placed us where, um, where we, we are currently today for our good. He made us a nation, America as a nation, for our good, but also for his glory, honor, and praise. And we need to return to him and keep our hearts and minds stayed on him. Listen to what the Lord told King Solomon. I'm going to go back to verses 13 and 14. 2 Chronicles 7, verses 13 and 14 says, If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. We face a great pestilence, not just in this nation, but in the world. And everybody wants to know. I even had a guy ask me, that, point blank, what did we do to deserve it? Look, we deserve death. That's what we deserve. But Christ gave us a way out. 
God gave us a way, way out through the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. All you got to do is believe. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. And you shall be saved. Repent. Turn from. He's telling you, if you turn from your wicked ways, and I will hear from you, and I will forgive your sin and heal your land. I'm asking everybody, if you're a Christian and you know that you're not walking the way you need to walk, I'm asking you to turn back to Christ and live for him. And if you're outside the body of Christ, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if, you, if you're just baffled by the whole idea, I implore you, I beseech you, I beg you, come to know Jesus Christ. Ask him to save you right now. Believe in your heart and you shall be saved. Confess with your mouth. If only his people would humble themselves once again and pray and seek the face of God. Just think what we could be as a people here on earth. Not just as Americans. But just think what we could be as a human race. If we would just all seek his face. Seek to please him. It doesn't take a genius to see what's going on in our world. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. All it takes is faith. Faith turns any situation around. Faith in Jesus changes things. And I urge everyone who is saved to pray. Pray and seek God. Seek God daily. Seek wisdom. Seek his wisdom through his word. It, five minutes a day, is that too much to ask? I mean, get up 30 minutes early. Spend a few minutes with God. See what he can do for you. And I urge all those who don't know Jesus to repent. Ask for forgiveness. Accept the free gift of everlasting life. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I want to end on this because this is what Jesus said. For everybody who calls themselves Christian, everybody who professes Christianity, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So when somebody, your brother or sister in Christ is putting their arm around you and saying, hey, buddy, or hey, sister, you know, you might want to not do that or don't you know you should do this, don't, don't think that they're judging you. Don't think for one second they're judging you. They're doing what the Bible tells them to do. They're using the word of God for correction. And that's what the Bible says to do. And they want what's best for you. As Christians, we should be pulling each other back into line. Not in an ugly way. We speak the truth and we speak in love. That's the way we're supposed to do it. Anyway, that's my message tonight. If you love, if you love the Lord, keep his commandments. How many you got to keep? Well, just keep those two. Keep those two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And then love your neighbor as yourself pretty simple and pray spend time with spend time with god all right i'm I, brother travis will you dismiss us thank you
Thank you all.